Welcome to Talk 30 to Me, a show where we talk about the perspective of 30-somethings on life. My kid is an asshole. Love. Did I tell you about the girl? twice in a week. And the never-ending pursuit of fulfillment. My name is Anthony, but most people just call me Turd. And I'm Randy Z. Let's start the show. So, do we address how you ended the show last week? How did I end the show last week? I forget. It's been so long. <laughs> it's been so long. <laughs> you gave that, maybe we'll see you next week, maybe we won't. Uh, so for our listeners who are just tuning in and haven't heard last week's episode, or for those of you who might have and have forgotten, um, we ended the show on kind of an ambiguous note. It was very kind of like... Mm. Almost cryptic, to be honest. <laughs> kind of deliberately so, I think. It was by design. It wasn't. You actually caught me off guard when you did it. <laughs> <laughs> it was by design in my mind then, in my head. And the reason for that was because we were in, we were having certain confidential conversations and we weren't sure whether or not um, anything was going to happen. And that's still... Um, not with each other. This is, we're talking like a third party coming no, in. No, it was with each other. <laughs> Randy and I were thinking about eloping. <laughs> okay. No. Um, and St. Keith would be the officiant. <laughs> He's been uh, actually more like the ring bear. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. That's fucked. Aren't you guys homies? That's fucked up. <laughs> well, not anymore. <laughs> oh, shit. Why are you walking out, dude? He was just kidding. Hey, come back. St. Keith. Hey. <laughs> I like how you backed up from the mic to give it. The <laughs> <laughs> So, in all seriousness, we were, uh, we are, how do, how do we say this? I mean, we were entertaining conversations with uh, a third party about taking the show to a different direction. Uh, that isn't going to happen at the moment, uh, but we'll see what happens in the future. For now, we're still here. We're still doing our thing. And uh, it's good to be back. I don't think we ever left, but yes, it's good to be back. Sure. Or, okay. I will entertain that sentiment. <laughs> Well, I mean, I say it because I've been on the road for the past 10 days, and that's why, for me, it's good to be back. I'm happy to be here and working with you for the past, what, how long have I been here now? I think uh, I've, Since I've, about 4.40. Been here four hours. Jesus, we're only recording one episode. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? We haven't hung out in a while. We haven't talked in a while, too. We haven't. Well, that's peculiar, because we usually talk at least once a week. I also didn't have a phone for a good chunk of time. But. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to that anyway. Anyway, so... Um, and I've been traveling, too. I just got back from San Diego. Have you? Diego. Where'd you go? San Diego. Yeah. Okay. I was traveling far, man. Okay. <laughs> with a family, though? With right, my family. yeah. I mean, with, with the two kids, I, I, I'm assuming that's very Vegas difficult. Vegas and San Francisco are coming up next. God, Why? God help us all. Why are you I'm going not back to Vegas? We're going to Vegas again, because we're fucking masochists. Because <laughs> we don't learn our lesson. <laughs> we're trying to pawn the kids off on someone, but haven't found any takers yet. You can't lead with the baby's cuteness because your son's outgrown that stage. <laughs> Daughter's still there. She's right. a nightmare too sometimes. <laughs> Her cry. Oh, God. Anyway, so what's new with you? Uh, you got anything to share? <laughs> no. We haven't talked in a while, so I what's know, up? I know. Well, hey, so as you take a sip of your water, I notice that there's a... I don't. I don't remember seeing that little... Dent indentation right there above the little jumping man. <laughs> oh yeah, this um, this happened on my way to Chicago. So leaving Santa Ana, my flight was delayed, and so getting my connecting flight in Houston, 
it, they gave me, I think, 15, 20 minutes to get from terminal terminal C oh, to terminal God, B. I hate those. I need to take the tram and the whole nine. So I'm I'm hoofing it through the airport, and I I get on the pl- I'm the last one to get on the plane. Uh, Everyone was looking at you like this <laughs> fucking guy. Just no, not like the time, minutes. not like the time in Oakland where they actually delayed the plane for me because I was drinking at the bar with my cousin Juan. And you missed the flight? No, <laughs> because we had made friends with the gate person. They held the flight for us, and like you just get on. And then they were still having issues with people not uh, having. Uh, they had to check their luggage. So oh, was delaying yeah. things to to. Overheads were full. Yeah. I hate that about Southwest. But somehow, no, that wasn't Southwest. That was American. Oh. But somehow, uh, our bag still made it in the cabin. <laughs> Dicks. <laughs> anyway, so I'm, I'm, I get on the plane and I'm, I'm just like hustling through the, the aisle trying to get to my seat, and I, and I'm just moving too fast, and I have my backpack on, and I have my overhead, and I'm, uh, you know, reaching down to get my overhead to, um, to put it, to get my luggage to put in the overhead, uh-huh. and all of a sudden I hear this like gong sound, like a. And I was like, what What was that? And I turned around, and uh, some lady was grabbing her head, and she was like, oh, my oh, God. Oh, shit. <laughs> You're fucking kidding me. Yeah, I felt so bad, dude. She was grabbing her head? Was she, like, in pain? Yeah, I mean, she, I mean, it's funny, because I thought she was just going to be like this, this mean old lady. Turned out she was super sweet. She was just in a lot of pain when I you know, when I Yeah, I mean, her. you can get hit in the head, and you're like, oh, what, what the fuck did that come from? You know, how hard was it? How hard did you do it? Enough to make that gong sound. And I was just, like, looking around. I was like, is that a new... Things saying I need to get in my seat. Like I thought it was it was loud enough that I thought it came from the overhead speaker. Oh shit. Yeah. Oh man. You're so, playing to China, right? Yeah. No, no. He <laughs> <laughs> did first try. No motherfucker. I just told you where I was. Oh that's oh, racist. That's racist. <laughs> Not really. It's cultural. Yeah. No, nah, man. So I was I was <laughs> it's cultural. <laughs> it's cultural. <laughs> yeah, dude. I was just really caught up in my own shit and I just wasn't I was being careless and not paying attention. So I, and, and I heard somebody, and I felt I felt incredibly bad. I offered about like, can I buy you a movie? Can I buy you a dinner? Oh, can you I buy offered? You, yeah. Can was I buy this you on Southwest? Uh, no, this was American. Was Southwest. This was American. I was about to say. You're being kind of a douche if you offered her on Southwest. Let me buy you a movie. <laughs> oh, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Flight has no. Anyway, yeah, I don't. I don't like American personally. I, I I've I've flown American for international flights, and and I've had good experiences oh, with them. Good. But I'm. I think my favorite is JetBlue. That's that's who I like. Never flown JetBlue. I like Virgin. Ah, kind of sad about that whole Alaska Virgin thing, but whatever. See, for me, JetBlue was the exact same as Virgin. Is in, in that oh, experience. Virgin was way. Okay, I haven't flown JetBlue, but Virgin is nice. <laughs> I know. Is, so is JetBlue. JetBlue Airbus? Or uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know what Air, Airbus means. I don't know that. Airbus would have the plane, and this is completely off the record, but Airbus would have the A or B Bro, uh, I don't next pay, to the I don't air, pay attention airplane to things. They they always tell you when they they boot up. I, you're flying on an A three thirty two. I don't pay attention. I have on headphones on. And I'm listening. I'm not paying attention to any of that stuff. I'm listening to music, watching movies. Here you can look it up. Working. I'm curious now. Huh. Anyway, every JetBlue was the first airline that I was on that had an individual TV on every seat, and they had TV. They had free movies, and then they had outlets in their seats. Hey Cortana, what kind of airplanes does JetBlue fly? So you bring up a really good example because whenever I used to travel for work and whenever I travel now, really, it's all about me, 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 me. I, I kind of tune everyone out and you see all these people all the time in, in airports. They're either A on their phone or B on their phone with their headphones on. <laughs> yes. 
or on their laptops and just buried in whatever they're doing. Even on planes, it's like the person next to you sometimes doesn't even exist. Yeah. You know, I, I was downright fucking poaching a movie off of someone's <laughs> laptop, right? That they bought. Did you come on, with your own splitter? Hey, can I, can I get on that? Yeah, I should have. <laughs> I keep a splitter with me at all times. You do. And that's for many different reasons. But um, I, I was literally watching the entire movie on his laptop, and I don't even think he noticed. He didn't even make it known to me. Did he put subtitles on just for you? <laughs> See, that's the thing. That's what makes me think that he really didn't realize that I was even there watching the movie. See, he didn't get. He did not put subtitles on for me, right? And that just makes me think sometimes. And sometimes at the airport, I feel like so detached. You know, it's like I'm just there to fly and get from point A to point B or sometimes A, B to C, just so self-involved that I forget everything. I tune everyone out. I'm worried about me, my priorities, my connections, my appetite, my everything. Yeah, and- but I mean, flying, especially with travel, like it, it, it's it's a tiring process. So, you know, if you stressful, right? Yeah, it's stressful. It's, it takes a lot out of you, not just the traveling itself, but just the planning and the preparation and then getting through everything. So I I can understand why you, you know, kind of focus on self a lot more in that, in that situation. I mean, I don't know people that go into airports looking to make friends, but I, I, I know it happens often. It does. Right. I had conversations with some people, not a lot. But I've met some interesting characters, people that travel a lot for work, that were in the same situation that I was at one point in time, or people that were going to visit family, or people that had different things going on. You learn a lot about different people. You also, at me, I'm more of a watcher of people, mm-hmm. especially at airports. Malls, it was big for me in high school. You know, my buddies and I would go to malls, and we'd just people watch. Hmm. Airports, it's not weird at all. It's not, right? <laughs> right? At least when it's not Seeking by yourself. validation. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I always heard, so it's, oh yeah, you know, went to the mall, you know, see if we could, you know, meet any new girls. No, no, we just went to the mall just to look at people. That's that's what it boils down to. The, and you know, if we met some interesting people along the way, it would happen. I but mean, I would, I, 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 I would do that in college though. I'd, I'd hang out on walk-ins, like you know, like coming before my classes and uh-huh. hang on the stairs and just like watch people walking. That's by. just weird. Why you didn't even weird? live there? <laughs> what? You didn't even live in that area where you were hanging out, did you? No, it was campus. It's very weird. Okay. Yeah. Right. You were loitering, sir. <laughs> there were signs strictly prohibiting that all over campus. No loitering. <laughs> no loitering. Anti-chill. <laughs> <laughs> Anti-chill zone. So the reason we bring this up is uh, episode six of Master of None really focuses on that underlying theme of, I don't give a fuck about you. I'm worried about me. So at the end, everyone comes together at the movie theater and in reality, the summarization of this entire episode boils down to one thing. Not everyone's shit is as important as they think it is. As they think it is, right? We're, you know, when you're in the same place at the same time, and sometimes I do this too when I'm in a room with a bunch of people, I'm like, how the fuck did we all get here? Are you looking at it in a in a positive light or a negative light? Like, is it like, how in how my, are you here with me? No, or, not like that. No. Or is it like, damn, how am I in the room with this guy? No, not at all like that either. It's more along the lines of, wow, isn't it fantastic? that It just amazes me how far we can go to assume that everybody's shit doesn't matter when in reality it does, but it doesn't matter to us. But does that mean, does that still mean it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things? Oh, okay. Well, (laughs) well, first, what what do you mean that people go to great extents to, to feel like it doesn't matter? Great lengths. 
what I mean when I say that it, people go to great lengths to to feel like other people shit don't matter. It's more of a conscious decision not to really involve yourself in other people's shit, primarily because maybe you might get you might add on too much to your own life that you can't handle. It's a fear of taking on too much, or maybe it's a fear of getting too attached and you don't want to get attached, or it's a fear of the unknown of what might come from that relationship. I don't know, because I feel like that is an issue everyone faces is they are already are too in too deep with some relationships. And, you know, th- there's some people who bring nothing but shit to the table. There's some people that are completely, you know, just around for the fun parts. You know what I mean? So it's, it's hard for me to, to connect those dots because one is strangers and one is people that you've already been emotionally attached to for a good part of your life. Yeah. So those people that you're attached to for a good part of your life and the drama that's associated with them might actually put you off and prohibit you from forming those, uh, a relationship that might appear similar on the surface for selfish reasons, because you don't mm. want to get into that kind of thing. Oh, like, I've been I don't want to go through this road. Yeah. yeah, I've been yeah. down this road. I know what it's going to I'm going like. to avoid this. But you're really reading a book by its cover, and you're not looking beyond that. Mm-hmm. You're really judging the situation for what you see and not looking beyond that. And that might even be this, the, the case with the, the familiar relationships, the relationships that you've had. Right. You're just not taking the time to really assess what the problem is. You're just sick and tired of the fucking problem. Yeah. The problem keeps rearing its ugly head. You're like, fuck this again? Yeah. Like, this is why sometimes I avoid people that have issues that I don't feel like dealing with. Because, man, you know what? I got my own shit to worry about. I don't need to worry about your shit or hear about your shit because it's adding stress to my life that I don't need right now, you know? Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's also isolating too, because you also need those people in your life to play like a static character role to, to make you to help ground you in some respects because without seeing those people in your life you're like you know what i have been taking x y and z for for granted or okay. i have been not being you know grateful or appreciative or whatever the case is or opening the door to like i have been getting in my own way and that's stopping me from being great or being here or getting to this next level of the cases you know what i mean like you yeah. could be the problem or the other people could be the problem whatever the case is right. i think it's it's I feel like I kind of diminish the role people play in your life, but that, that almost is how, it, how you learn for me. It's how I learn is from other people and their experiences. I wouldn't necessarily say diminished that you've diminished the role. I think you've enhanced it. In my opinion, you've enhanced it because you've actually given those people reign over the direction of your life. Right. And, and that's kind of true. And we've talked about this before, how romantic relationships really steer your life. Right. And they, and they kind of, they can cause you to go down a dark path. They can cause elation and they can, they can give you good vibes and bad vibes, the long and short of it. We haven't really focused on like friendships and platonic relationships a whole lot. You know, it's funny. You're right. And because immediately when you start talking about good vibes and bad vibes, I, I just went to how much of, I was in a very dark place in my mid twenties because of the relationship I was in. It mm-hmm. completely changed my demeanor, how I was interacting and navigating the world. But there was glimpses of, you know, the blue skies went out depending on who I was with. And mm. and those could have been no. Well yeah. But no. Those could have been <laughs> I didn't I wasn't going there at all, but you took it there, man. You went those there. those could have been you know, just straight plutonic relationships because there's people in your life that no Especially like friends that I grew up with that just take you back to like this great time in life. 
and can and help you break that funk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I agree with that. And yet, let's say, let's flip it on its head and let's say that person that was there for you all those times now is going through some shit where your life is good and your life is great. And you're either A, gotten better at compartmentalizing events in your life to where they're not affecting you or B, gotten to a point in your life where you don't have any issues and you're kind of above that. Not necessarily above it, but you've gotten to a point in your life where these things just don't happen to you as often and you're able to kind of like brush them off, whatever. And this person comes to you with issues. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, fuck, man. I'm kind of past this point in my life and I don't want to go back down this road because if I go back down in this road, it might open up some negative energy or a bad door in my life and it might just spiral out of control. Right now, everything's good. Maybe I want to avoid this. How deep are you going into it when you get involved in other people's lives? Pretty deep. Well, I'm not asking you. Well, I guess I am asking you personally, but. I've, I've gotten pretty deep. I mean, when I'm there for someone, I'm there. Yeah. You know, and that's why sometime and lately it's been to the point where I'm not there. Because I tend to get overly involved to the point where I want to help these people get out of there. And, you know, I I came to realize that no matter what I did, no matter what I said, it wasn't helping. Because everyone has to figure it out on their own eventually. And that is what helped me get over the fact that, you know what, it's not the fact that my shit is more important than your shit. You just need to figure your shit out first. And you need to sort some crap out in your life. I can help you get there. But it's going to take a lot of my energy that I really don't have. Um, I really don't have or I don't want to commit right now because I need to commit it to other things. Okay, well, let's go a little more high level with it in the sense of in the show, everybody is connected, but nope, not every, they don't know each other, so to speak, right? There's right. no intimate relationships. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's take chance encounters. And in those moments where you might be going through something and you're at the airport and you're sitting down and, and, or you're on a flight and the person that happens to sit next to you happens to be going through something similar or you guys are able to relate on something and you're able to have a, a, a meaningful conversation with a complete stranger with no, in, with no inhibitions and perhaps probably a more honest conversation than you would have with somebody in your actual circle. How, why do you think we have that capacity? Why do you think we have the capacity to just open up to a perfect stranger opposed to close ourselves off to the people in our inner circle? The answer is easy. Hmm. The answer is easy because it, it, it is the human condition. It is the human condition that we're talking about in this episode, but from a much broader perspective. And it's that perspective that we're not – we don't want that vulnerability to seep into our personal relationships because maybe we're not sure of – how people are going to perceive it, one, or two, what people can do with that information. Because it is sensitive information. Will they hold it against us at our, at our moment of weakness? Which means that we don't really trust our friends, maybe. Or we maybe not trusting in ourselves to make good, form good relationships. Relationships that can withstand that period of judgment. And that's where I feel like I'm at. You know, like I don't know which one it is. I'm pretty sure I make good relation, uh, good friendships, you know, for the most part. And maybe it's just not me not wanting to be vulnerable with those people to expose a weakness. And that's always kind of been my problem. It's either that or I'm too prideful. I can't really put my finger on it because I haven't figured it out yet. But is that something that is over all of interactions in your life? Like you don't put any type of vulnerability out to whether they are strangers or actual intimate relationships? It's happened before. 
Um, I've opened myself up. Like I opened myself up to my wife, but even then I take a step back because some things you shouldn't let your wife know and married people will know, you know, and it's not the secrets or anything like that. It's just about your vulnerabilities because there are a lot of reasons that I'm not going to get into them. I'm no, not now. Not important. It doesn't, it, but it is, it is important. No, it, because I want to get to the deeper issue. Okay. And the deeper issue, we can touch on the relationships and the dynamics of vulnerability within relationships in another show. And I'll make a note of that so we can come back to it. But okay. I want to address, I, I guess from my standpoint, and I guess we've kind of hit on something that I've always been curious about. It's like, why have I always been so closed off? And I'm going back as far as I can in my in my memory to try and scan an event or a series of events that might've triggered this mistrust or not maybe mistrust. It's too harsh of a word. Maybe just lack of caring to release any vulnerabilities or really get deep with anyone anymore, because either I felt like maybe people don't give a fuck. They felt like I had a good enough life to where my problems don't really matter. Maybe I let on that illusion that I had a good enough life when in reality I didn't and it was my way of coping with my shitty life. Maybe it wasn't shitty and maybe I was just projecting. There are a lot of things that go through my head. It's like, what the fuck? You know, like, well, what is it? The one thing that that I pick up is, did anyone teach you to do that? Did anyone what teach you, you to be vulnerable in relationships? To be able to be open and uh, not withstand anything when you're when you're giving you know, your perspective or your, your take on what happened, you know, it, whether it makes you look bad or not being able to put it out there. I mean, that's, that's kind of a, a slighted view, but I mean, that's just in any type of relationship, any type of relationship building, you have to learn that. And right. that's, it's not something that comes natural. It's not something that comes easy. Right. I, I know, I think me and my dad talk now more in, as far as like more intimate conversations than we did when I was younger. I mean, I talk to my dad all the time. Oh yeah. But I don't, you know, I know I've never asked him like, well, I mean, I have asked him, but to a certain point I'd never asked him like, well, how did you know mom was the one? Or I never asked him like, okay, why did you pick, you know, here or where you see yourself going next? Or, you know, I mean, those are conversations we have now, you know, and planting the seeds of like, okay, I think I might be going here. Would you be interested in coming with me? Hmm. You know? Right. I, I, to, Kind of touch on that a little bit. Has anyone taught me? And even though I feel like that was more of a uh, rhetorical question, that's that's a very good question. Has anyone ever taught any of us to be vulnerable in relationships? And I feel like it it has its moment. And whether or not you want to kind of jump on that train, so to speak, is completely up to you. And I might have jumped on that train a couple of times. And it might have gone sideways. And it might have been like, okay, well, I didn't have enough closure with this that I, I can't really formulate an opinion on whether or not I liked it or it felt right for me. Mm-hmm. I think I'm there. I think I've been there and I, I think it, it goes well, back to... What do you mean it didn't feel right? As in you didn't get the desired outcome or it didn't... It could be. It could be, you know, I was trying to get something selfish out of it or something more fulfilling, something mm-hmm. more pro- prophetic or profound and it never happened. And it just kind of let me down. It was like, meh, not for me. (laughs) You know, no one really is going to. And this is kind of the conclusion that I've made lately. Maybe no one has the answer to my life but me. Mm. And how to unlock that. And maybe it came down to the point where I was like, why waste my time trying to get advice when I'm either A, going to do something that I've seen done to me, which is like, yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah. And then that person goes and does whatever the fuck they want. And then they end up learning the lesson. And I'm looking at them like, well, I told you that six yeah. months ago. It's And this kind of harkens back to the whole parents telling their children, don't touch a hot stove. And then they're going to touch a hot stove. And you only learn, it's trial by fire. You only learn by doing. Yeah. Right. So are you, you are learned by doing and not by, by listening? I think everyone is. I, I think they're, let me to correct an extent, myself there. I think, I think you're, you're, you're right. But there are some people that really will take that advice and, and you got to be careful with those people because it's very delicate. Whatever you say, they're going to take it and they're going to do it and they're going to try it. And if it doesn't go right, they might look at you negatively. And if it goes too well, they might look at you so favorably that they're going to latch on and they're going to be Everything like, you say. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the, do- like that's the doorman complex, yeah. right? If, if, yeah. if it doesn't yeah, yeah. happen the way you want it to happen, then it's your fault that right. I, I, it's your fault that you told me this is how the, the outcome is going to be. Right. Right. But I mean, even, even if it's not that case, even if it's something along the lines of, uh, certainty and uncertainty or familiarity and unfamiliarity thinking about how I navigate the world and and how to be a man or what I believe it is to be a man and I see the the role models in my life that have done things and I admire and people in my life that uh, I've learned from because they've done things and I, their outcome is something that I don't want for myself right mm-hmm. so I, I take those lessons and learn from them and move accordingly but then mm-hmm. there's there's people that like career wise that have done things and there, there is a formula to it, but because life has changed so much mm-hmm. and, and you know, the dawn of technology, right. I, I follow my gut more and go against what they say, because in my, it, I want to say in my heart, but maybe it's in my mind. I, I really don't know. I believe that I know a better way, even though they're telling me this is how they found their success. And maybe that's a discussion that needs to be had amongst the parties involved to shed light on that revelation and maybe a uh, hybrid of the two conclusions can be formed. And that's what kind of bugs me about it when I give people advice because they're not willing to, to formulate a hybrid or, or come to a compromise between the eventuality, which is their conclusion and what I'm telling them. Well, how do you do it? How so do you take, is, okay, you're going to go there? Yeah. So okay. this is what, what happens with me is I see this play out in a lot of my relationships and just by proxy, by, by that, I wouldn't say by proxy and just by that experience alone, I come to the conclusion that, you know what? I don't think I'm going to need to listen to anyone's, you know, and, and the smart decision would be, well, why don't I just formulate a hybrid between the two conclusions, the eventuality <laughs> yes. and what is, but it's funny <laughs> that I don't take my own fucking insight, you know, and right. now I'm starting to a lot more because I'm starting to reflect a lot more. The meditation helps, the writing helps, getting everything on paper really helps kind of sort through my own contradictions, which there are quite a few and we all kind of endure this period as, where we can identify with it or not. As a Zen boogie, the hood hippie once put it, life is a constant contradiction. Right. <laughs> it is. And when we're looking at it from the lens of someone that's really entrenched in what we're doing, in what they're doing rather, from the outside looking in, or sorry, from the inside looking out, it's hard to identify with a coping mechanism that just seems out of reach. But when you're the outside person looking in and you've kind of been there before, you have some insight to offer up, you're looking at it like, I know what's going to happen. Why do you keep going down that fucking path? It's like, no, the big bad wolf is there. Don't go down that road. Yeah. But 
you know, you could see the other person just skipping along carelessly, just, you know, whatever, I'm going to get fucking eaten right now. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, fuck your advice. So bring that all back to to me, I think it's kind of a mix of a lot of different things. One, I don't really want to make myself that vulnerable party because I don't think that has a place in my life right now because I don't think I'd get any value from it. But has it ever had a place in your life? I think it, it, that's the thing. I'm telling you, I, I can think back. To, I could probably narrow it down to a point in time if I had enough time to reflect and just meditate on it. But off the top of my head right now, it was probably a series of events and circumstances that just really fucked me up and just jaded me a little bit yeah. that I I am the, the mess that I am now. And I think that goes... <laughs> uh, that just made me sad. I don't think you're a mess, bro. Uh, I mean... In this head? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I'm... Exacerbating <laughs> things a lot more. I mean, you're complicated. Are. You definitely are complicated. Wow. Wow. The Randy Wow. Sorry. Finish your thought. I think it all maybe needs to. I, I think I need to take a step back and look at myself from, you know, I think I need to just reevaluate the direction in which I'm headed. And that's kind of what I've been doing a lot lately. I've been taking those life lessons, toning it down a little bit. Um, you know, I know I have a, a an affinity for the arrogant and <laughs> and just being a complete douchebag sometimes. But, you know, I embrace that. Whereas some people would be like, I'm not a douchebag. <laughs> uh, okay, I could be a douchebag sometimes. I think we all can be yeah. a little bit heavy handed at times. Yeah, I know I can be. If we can embrace that and just own it and learn from it and learn how to maybe tweak it, I think we'll, the world will be a better place. Because it's all about owning your truth. And I own my truth. You, but owning it, owning it is one thing, and that's totally fine, and that's how you navigate it. You but is there, there you go. That's what I was going to get to. That's the whole thing that I mentioned before. I'm meditating on it a lot yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. I'm writing a lot more and, and identifying with... The, the inconsistencies that I, that I spot out and that I point out rather. And this is part of the development process in your thirties. I really feel like it is all about kind of what we've talked about in past episodes with where your twenties are all about just balls to the wall, really making mistakes and fucking up. And your thirties are about reflecting on those mistakes. The combination of them. Yeah. Right. And really identifying with how all those events and circumstances led up to now and why you are the way you are. And the answer lies, the, the code, the key to the code is all in your past. And you have to kind of decrypt that message and figure out, okay, well, what really, what mix of thing, what mix of things, the perfect storm, what made me who I am today? So are you why? like talking about changing changing trajectory by looking at the past patterns and then adjusting and avoiding those patterns? Or are you talking about... Yeah, somewhat. I mean, I don't think you, you'll you consciously make the same mistake again, right? Mm. Maybe on a different magnitude. <laughs> yeah. I think that's very possible. But the same exact mistake again? You, Yeah, some people are just fucking d destined to doom. But... <laughs> Ouch! As, both, as we both look at it, as everyone keys, looks at keys <laughs> the whole room just turned and looked at you. Fuck, man! It got quiet quick. Um, if you are 
kind of destined to doom, destined to fail, I think you can change that. I really think you can, but you need to be conscious of the fact that you're headed in that direction. And that's the thing. A lot of people aren't, and maybe they don't have this, the, the support and maybe they need it. And maybe if they did again, we go in this fucking circle. Maybe if they did get it, they wouldn't care. You know, maybe they just need to fucking fail on their own and keep failing and keep failing. You know, even I, even though I know the answer to that, perpetual failure is not an answer to eventual success. It's never going to be. Failures do exist in life. I think if you own that truth, you own that truth, and keep on keeping on, man. <laughs> You're just a fuck up. <laughs> no, I think you have to have a certain amount of failure. You have to. How do I want to say this? Know. Because it's it's there is so much failure that you have to be able to endure to find the success that you're looking for, yeah. and it just takes time. And really, success is just a culmination of failures. You have you failed enough to become successful? Yeah, but like I said, what about those guys that keep failing? They that it just takes more time. Are they just going to be the next fucking Elon Musk or who is it now? Bezos has surpassed Bill Gates as the richest man in the world. Yeah, Amazon. Fuck. Will they be a Jeff Bezos, Bezos, however the fuck you say his name? Who uh, knows? And maybe it doesn't come with the fame and uh, recognition like that, but yeah. it could be something else. Smaller, local, scale, impact. I'm just jaded. <laughs> <laughs> but see, again, I own it, and I'm working to change it. What are you doing to change what's wrong in your life and what's wrong about you? Are you owning what's wrong about you? Are you able to see it? Are you, do you have that support that allows you to see it? Have you been neglecting that support? Where are your friends right now? What are they doing? Are they thinking about you? Are they touching themselves? Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. And on that note, I think it's a good night and good day. <laughs> Are they touching themselves while thinking about shit? Let's <laughs> get it. So on that note, Randy, where can the people find you? You can find me anywhere and everywhere at I am Randy Z, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Turg says no. Says, says, you say it. And what about you, Turk? I like how you did. What about you, Turk? <laughs> and Turk? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Turg says no. Get a. Conalingus. Get at us with answers to our questions. Happy dog. At, at me. me. At me. At me. Not at me, but Turk says no. Okay, peace. Thank you for subscribing to another episode of Talk 30 to Me. We hope you enjoy it and continue to share it with friends. Make sure you stop by our website at talk30tome.com for more content and information about the podcast. Rate us on iTunes, and if you really like what you hear, make sure you hit that donate button. Really appreciate it. For Talk 30 to Me, I'm Turk. And I'm Randy Z. Peace. such a waste that was my best laugh let's see how this sounds alright play that back
Ow. You're good. No, I lost. I lost it. No, you're good. No, I lost it. You're good. Good with what? Wow, the Randy Well. <laughs> Why? Oh. I can't hear you at all. Proceed. This is insightful. What is? What he has to say. What is he saying? What did he say? I don't know. You're perpetuating what? Oh, yeah. by, by, by buying into it and letting him believe it? Yeah, I see what you mean. 